0: Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come before you this evening. Father, I'd like to speak tonight about important things because you're giving out prophetic words that are very strong and people don't seem to understand yet, Lord, the seriousness of about what's to come or the logic of the scriptures. Lord, in the scriptures, you make it very clear many things, Lord. And first, Lord, you tell us that all the world is going to be brought before you to be judged, and all the world is going to be mourning because of the judgment and so on. But people don't seem to understand that that makes known very clearly, Lord, that your kingdom must come on earth before, dear Lord, it can be taken up. dear Lord, the rapture is in the midst of the morning when you confirm, as it says in Daniel 9.27, you confirm your covenant with many, and in the midst you take away the sacrifices which, Lord, can only happen when your people are taken up. And, dear Lord, that's the rapture event, as it says in Psalms 50 and 4. And it's also indicated in the the trumpet judgments. Lord, I pray that people will begin to understand this because it's so important. Because, Lord, there's things that people are not aware of, dear Lord. Like you, you gave a prophetic word this morning, for example, dear Lord. It, uh, actually, you gave it... Um, On the 5th of June, I'm sorry. But there was a prophetic word that says, you think you are ready for all that is coming, but are you really ready? That's what you're asking us. You say, are you really ready, my child? Are you prepared to experience what I have spoken to you is on the way? Have you truly prepared your heart? See, in the scriptures, you make known all these things. You made known in Matthew 24, 21 to 22, and Mark 13, 19 to 20. At the worst time in all history is coming, and then there's another warning that you give us in John nine four five, where you made it very clear, Lord, that in that time, those, dear Lord, who will not hear you will not work. Lord, you're going to take away all work, and if the people go back to the plagues of Egypt, they will see something. You told us, dear Lord, that when you come, it's coming like a thief in the night, and you told us, Lord that it's going to be completely darkness. And Lord, when the ninth plague came upon those in Egypt, Lord, the people of Egypt could not move from their seat for three days. Lord, it was symbolic of what is happening at this time. Because, dear Lord, it's going to be three years, dear Lord, that they will be been, or it could be as long as that, dear Lord, you're telling us approximately there will be a silence in heaven for a time of about a half an hour, which is, uh, about 21 months. But, dear Lord, I pray that the people understand that it will continue in darkness for those who refuse to hear you. But Dear Lord, I pray that they will get the understanding. When you met that plague upon those people, they did not move out of their chair. I can only think that they went to the restroom on themselves. Dear Lord, they, they would not even move because the fear came upon them so deep. And Lord, you warned the people at this time in John nine four five, that when you are taken out of the world, in other words, when you depart your word out of the people of the world, they're going to understand very quickly that that all things are going to happen. They're not going to be able to work or move. Lord, they will have that you're going to at this time, dear God. You said you're going to destroy the economies, dear Lord. It's been clear, Lord, that the people do not understand what is coming. And, Lord, in that time, it's going to great fear. There's going to be much destruction. The plagues are coming. Dear Lord, people are expecting a war. And, Lord, it's very interesting when you go to Daniel eleven forty-five. it says when he's ready to go to war that no one will help him. How is that possible when there's so many people, the king of the north goes out to war, no one will help him? One of the explanations can clearly be John 9, 4 to 5, when you said, Dear Lord, That you'll cause them not to be able to work. Dear Lord, that means, dear Lord, they'll not be able to move. They will not help these. Lord, they're going to be in fear. It's going to strike the people. And Lord, after that, you also collected from all the people, dear Lord, wealth. As much as the Israelites asked for, the Egyptians gave them. Basically, they took the wealth of Egypt with them. Dear Lord, I pray that people understand that you told us at this time, dear Lord, in Ecclesiastes 2.26, that you've had the people of the world, dear Lord, the, the elite ones of the world, have been stealing the gold and silver and hoarding it among themselves because you ordered them to do this. Because, dear Lord, we were not preparing for your kingdom. We were not saving up the gold and silver for your kingdom. We use it for ourselves. Those with that lot of gold, dear Lord, hoard it to themselves. But they're not saving it for the purposes of the kingdom, for you. to give it to you, dear Lord, at this time, for whatever purpose you have for it. Lord, you said in this time you'll restore those people. Who will have, you know, the ones of the elect that you've set apart. But Lord, they have to be full of faith. And Lord, in this prophecy you said something very interesting about faith you said the times are coming will be more than that will more than test your faith. They will expose if you have faith. Remember what the Lord said: when He when you come, will you even find faith on earth? I want to talk about that tonight. That's the main thing. It says the times that are coming soon will bring death to those who do not truly know Me, who do not know how to rely on Me, who do not put Me first in all they do. Your faith in me will be the difference between life and death in these times, my children. For only by your faith will you survive in these times. You choose now whether you will spend the time to build your faith, prepare your faith, in other words, and to let me expose to you if you truly have faith or not. If your heart is not prepared, nothing will be able to prepare you for what is coming. If you ask me now, I will help you prepare. I will show you what is in your heart. So that you will know before it is too late, is your heart truly prepared, you told us, Lord, in proverbs one twenty three that we will turn to you, you will pour out your spirit on us and cause us to know your words. Lord, people don't understand the real essence of faith, of course, we know hebrews eleven one says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen it says for. By faith, or for by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Lord, you told us in Psalms 14, 2 and 3 and Psalms 53, 2 and 3 that you're looking down to see if anybody understands and no one does good. They used to. They had the knowledge of your words. It says by faith we understand that the worlds, and that means the ages, that means the seven ages of time until even eternity are framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which were visible. There was no big bang that created anything. It was the spoken word of God because you gave all the hosts, your Lord, you numbered them and you called them by name which means you gave them a work for the kingdom to do in the appointed time of the ages. So they know where they're to be and know what they're to do. And you prepared, dear Lord, that they come into the earth and be poured in Always prepared. But Lord, if we do not exercise the works that you've given us to do and in exercise increasing in knowledge and hearing your word, we will not bring forth the good that is prepared in the earth for us to bring forth. This is not even understood. But the meaning of faith is given to us clearly by Paul in Romans ten seventeen. He says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But they've not heard. And people that say they got faith, even these prophets are here, they got faith. I mean, they hear you saying, get faith. And you've told others to get the words of wisdom you do not know. And you warn them, dear Lord, in Matthew 7, 21 to 23, that the prophets are going to be told to depart from you because they're workers of lawlessness. Because it's your law that we are to receive your words because you said in John 17:17, 17, 17, when you're praying to the Father that we must be set apart by truth, which is the words of God, that you were sent into the world to bear witness to, that the world would not receive, and today they're not receiving it again. And the time of the judgment is coming. And you're about to appear, and if they are not ready for your coming, dear Lord, they will not be set apart. The darkness will come upon them, dear Lord, and they'll lose everything they have. They're going to wonder then. Lord, you said you're going to do a wonder of wonders, and the wonder of wonders is that everything is going to depart from these people. People think they understand that. and Lord, you've said it's a new thing. Dear Lord, it's the darkness of the old, but now they're not going to be able to work. Everything is going to collapse. They won't be able to think right. and Dear Lord, those, dear Lord, are not filled with righteousness at this time. And they think they've got it, their Lord, and they're appointed. You've called many to do works, their Lord, and they're out there doing it their way. They're not listening to the way of righteousness and preparing themselves. Dear Lord, I pray that they'll come to the knowledge. You said in John 17, 16 to 19, they are not of the world. He's talking about the disciples, just as I am not of the world. Because he was coming back to them, he paid the price of his blood. By his blood, you purchased the right, Lord Jesus, that we could enter the temple in heaven and receive the words of God. But dear Lord, they think that that blood did it all and you just took away the sins and magically they're saved. But they're not even prepared, dear Lord, for the work that you have to do before we can go up. We have to bring forth the temple. We have to bring forth the knowledge of the glory of the Lord till it covers the earth the likeness of the, of the Garden of Eden is coming. That means, dear Lord, the curse will be removed for us for a time, the elect for a time. It's an inheritance. You're coming to show the world and make known the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. But when you take them up in the rapture and that, that authority over the, over the earth, it'll quickly fade. Flowers and the grass will burn and the rest of it, you'll destroy it all. That's why you have the trumpet judgments for these people, dear Lord. They're going to see the glory, but it's going to be taken away. Because you're going to show them that it came by the word and by the people speaking the word and they don't have the words right now, the knowledge of the words. Dear Lord, you're told, it says in Ephesians 1, 11 to 14, dear Lord, it says, In him we have established an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will that who we who first trusted in Christ should be the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the good news of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. He's coming. To make, he's taken up in Psalms 50 and 4, those who make a sacrifice to him. The sacrifice is doing good for others, which is the marriage supper of the lamb that's going to occur now on earth. We're not talking about what is going to happen in heaven. We're talking about here on earth. You know, when we look at Revelation 1 and, and, and look at the book of Revelation, we miss something very important in that book. Paul is saying that he was in the spirit on the, the Lord's day. He's, what he's talking about is he's in the Spirit. What is the Spirit? He knows all things. And if you really read that carefully, the Lord is telling, he's saying, this is the book I've written. Listen to what he says. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified, uh, signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. Jesus came into the world to bear witness to the knowledge of truth, which is what he says in John 8, 37, in his trial before Pilate. That to all things that he saw. In other words, John is writing in here in the way of the words of God. That's what he said, witness to the word of God that Jesus spoke. Jesus came into the world to speak the words of God. Jesus told him in John 8, 43 to 47, you don't understand my speech because you cannot discern my words. And he says, if you don't understand my words, you're not of God. He told us in this day, we're going to be judged by his words. If you do not have them, you do not have faith because faith comes by hearing the word. So your faith is not. It's little faith, Jesus said to the people. You have, you have little faith. You don't understand faith. You don't understand the words and the power and authority of them. Ecclesiastes 8, 4 said the power of the king, which Jesus is now our king. He's reigning over the earth. His seven-year reign began with the spring of this year, and therefore he's our king. And his power is in his words. Do not pick up a weapon. Do you know that the seven-year Sabbath? This is a seven-year Sabbath. The seven-year reign of the of the Lord is a holy reign. It's the holy day of the Lord, and it means it's holy. You, even if you go back in Leviticus, and if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit at this time, you'd be you'd be killed. It won't be forgiven you. But also, it's, it, the guys that went around and picked up sticks on the Sabbath, that's like. If you pick up weapons and you go out to kill or you go out to maim, you go out to harm people at this time. If that's your desire, that's not a Sabbath unholy thing. Leave that to God. Go out and preach the word. If they talk against the word, if they're, you know, coming and and rejecting the word openly, you know, if they don't know and and you're, you're judging them like that, that's wrong. Anyway, leave that to yourself and let the Spirit guide you, but that's very dangerous because he'll cast you out and you'll be with the, the wicked and the punishment until you learn the lesson of righteousness. That's what we must learn. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. He's talking about the words of God. Hear the book of Revelation in the way of the words. It's written in parables of the words just like Genesis 1 is written in parables of his words. We must understand this. We must discern this. And we're not ready. We don't have faith. Jesus, he goes on, he says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is, uh, who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. Faithful witness. What is faith? Faith comes by hearing the word. He came hearing the words of God and he came to bear witness of it. Deuteronomy eighteen, eighteen, nineteen, 19, John three, twenty-six to 36, John eighteen, thirty-seven. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, he paid the price of the week could be made clean by what? Washed in the water of the words. He opened up the words of God to come forth because he says in John 15, we are washed clean by his words that he's speaking to us. And he spoke those words. And see, when we do the way of words for others, that spirit is, that we're losing will bring them in the appointed time if they have any desire to be of God. And that's the good works that people should be doing right now, doing the way of the words with understanding. With, but this is what we've got to get ready for. People don't understand. Pentecost fully come hasn't come yet. It comes on July 24th. That is the day Pentecost fully comes. We've done this all wrong at this time. We just passed Savan eighteen on June thirteenth. That was the day that the Lord spoke on Mount Sinai, and this time that the Lord is speaking it should be the time that the fishermen come forward and get the words, because the Lord is telling, even in His prophecy, that we must be, we must check our faith, we must check our wick of our candle, to make sure we got the right oil in our in our uh, uh, lamp. See, we got all the scriptures. We think we have all the Bible, but we're not discerning the Bible in the way of his words, the words of truth. And therefore, our oil is going to go out. Our lamp is going to go out. Pentecost fully comes when that wind blows. Will it cause you to know the words? Will the people hear? You won't be able to speak to them because you rejected the words. And if you were a prophet or if you're a minister, God's going to visit you, I believe, because darkness is going to come. Remember what he did when he came to the temple the first day he came in and he cleansed out the the people in the temple and said, "My house will be a house of prayer. Prayer is communicating to God in his holy language as he's clearly telling you in proverbs fourteen two and three john uh, i mean psalms fifty three psalms fourteen two and three psalms fifty three two and three but Jesus also said, "When you pray, pray like this, and he showed him to pray in the way of the words. We should be doing that at this time." What I'm trying to tell you about the book of Revelation is it's written in the way of the words. And in the spirit on the Lord's day, it's a very interesting thing. The Lord's day that he's talking about is this day of the Lord we're in now. And when he came the next morning to the fig tree, even though it was young, even though it would normally not have fruit on it, he cursed it. Because in nothing is impossible to God. And in the day of the Lord, we should all be bearing fruit, even the children. But if we have not taught our children the words which is what a young fig tree is symbolic of, then he's going to curse that child because he says in Hosea 4, 6, he says, If you have rejected my knowledge, I'll reject you as a priest before me, and I'll also forget your children, just like he did to that young fig tree. And We ignore it. We need to be paying attention to what we're doing here. The seven stars in his hands, the seven spirits, you know, there are the ages, they bring forth all the good works. And he's going to judge us by, did we bring forth the good works that were prepared for us? Because the stars bring forth from the earth the things that are necessary. The things that are blessed to us, but we don't receive them because we're not following the directions and the instruction of our name that was given to us. And we're not zealous for the kingdom. We're not like Jacob. And we certainly are not like Israel. Israel is supposed to be a vicarious governor of God. It's like an officer. But you cannot be an officer if you're not first a Jacob. A Jacob is so zealous to bring forth the kingdom of God and learning the way of doing the words and bringing them forth and, and, and seeking to do all he can for the kingdom. And God gave him that because he wrestled with man and with the angels. He wrestled with man to do what? To get the right of the kingdom? He wasn't seeking this to do it for himself for some uh, great reason. If Esau would have been different, do you think he would have done that? No, he he was a man of the tents. He understood the blessing and so forth. But he knew this one wasn't holy, wasn't righteous, wasn't caring about it. He only cared about himself and glorifying himself. And therefore, he lost his position. Lord tells us in here the word of truth, the good news of our salvation, and we sealed us. If you go to Paul, it says when Acts, 20, Acts 22, 6 to 16, and also he tells it again, Acts 26, 12 to 18, when he's on trial. He's telling here, it says, now it happened as I journeyed and came near Damascus at about noon. I saw a great light, suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me. What is that saying? That Paul, this man who was so zealous to do the way of the uh, way of God, in other words, he was trying to do the way of God and so zealous that he was capturing the Christians and putting them away. Today, the church is so zealous, they, they're building youth, uh, big churches and youth centers and all this stuff, they're doing nothing to help the people, nothing to help those kids. Because they're bringing them to a point of the war and they're not prepared for the war that's coming at them. They're not educated for the war. And they're seeing the world deteriorate around them and they're disobeying God because they're going to Washington and going to the leaders and negotiating with the leaders when he told them in Revelation 18, 1-4, forget that. These people, are, Babylon's already fallen. Don't worry about Babylon. Focus on the kingdom. Get the light. Because if you follow these leaders, you're going to go receive their sins and you're going to receive the plagues that I'm going to bring upon them. The Lord has been telling people in prophecies, don't pay attention to what's going on in the world. Pay attention to seeking the kingdom and bringing it forth at this time because you're going to need it. You've got to have faith. You've got to understand the words and how to call upon them in this time of trouble. But the words will not answer you. The Spirit of God will not answer you in that time. He'll depart from you. There's, There's statements that's made in the Bible that if God is coming and He's a holy God at this time and He sees you, in Deuteronomy, uh, uh, Moses was speaking, if he sees you doing evil, he's not going to be there with you. He's going to depart from you. If you're not doing righteousness when he sees and comes because he's coming to do what? Daniel 9.27 says he's coming to confirm the covenant, his covenant, the new covenant. People want to do it their way. And therefore, he says, I'm going to depart from you. He's, he's going to leave you. And you're going to go off and be punished with the world like the ones in Revelation twelve seventeen. The devil's allowed to attack you because the Lord has left you. He's not going to do that. Paul was in the situation if he would have disobeyed the Lord at this time, but God knew his, what was in his heart. He was zealous, but in the wrong way. It says, Now it happened as I journeyed and came near Damascus at about noon. Suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me. And remember, he had letters from the king and the high priest. He was coming in authority to persecute the Christians in Damascus. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. So I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Arise and go into Damascus. And there you will be told all things which are appointed for you to do. When he says appointed for you to do, remember later on in the scriptures, he says, I, I showed Paul all the bad things that are going to happen to him. You're going to do these things. This is what you've got to do. But you're going to also pay the price for doing these. But you're going to be helping all these people. And you're going to be doing the zealous work for me that you really desire to do. It goes on in verse 11, it says, And since I could not see for the glory of that light, Being led by the hand of those who were with me, I came into Damascus. Then a certain Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and he stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour I looked up and then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one the just one, and hear the voice of his mouth. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Let me go on and look at this again because it's important that we understand this thing in the way that it's written. And let me uh, get it to, I want to go up here to Acts 26 and look at it there. Just one second. I'll bring it up on my screen here. Well, I had it here. My screen. I must have closed it down. Let me bring it back up. Very sorry. I want to read it again from Acts 26 because it, it has a difference that I think is important for us to understand. The Lord is telling us Very, very uh, important. Let's go to Acts 26 here. I'm going to um, just start from verse 12 because I want to read that same part. And um, it's important how he says this. It says, While thus occupied as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen, had all fallen, all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. You remember what the goads are? If you go to Ecclesiastes 12:11. It said, the goads are the words of the one shepherd of Jesus Christ. It said so I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But arise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness to both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to, to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me and i've told you that sanctification is hearing the truth of God the words of God that's how you become sanctified john 17:17 17, 17, jesus explains that and we're told in joel 2:12-20 that in this day we must sanctify the people but the important thing is inheritance among those who are sanctified by the faith in me. That they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among those. In other words, they're going to receive the right to call upon his words. If they don't receive that, as he tells you in Proverbs 1, 20 to 33, he will, in the day of calamity, which is just about on us, we're in this year of the calamity, and that, that calamity is about on us. And when it comes... They will have nothing but darkness, because God will not hear them, and the world and the devil can do what they want to them, turn them against each other, turn them pitiful. You know, they're, they're, remember, but back in the in the World War Two, they they had a German, a terrible guy, that built a like a guillotine, a special guillotine, and he has known to have killed more than thirty five hundred people himself on that guillotine. And the United States has brought in thousands and thousands of guillotines, and they prepared these things for these times. Our own government—it's a world government. It tells you in Zachariah fourteen one to two that they're all united, and I'm telling you from the inside, they plan to annihilate over seven billion people. If we don't wake up and come out from these leaders like we were ordered to do in Revelation eighteen one to four in this day, we are in a time of the seven-year reign of the Lord. It's a holy time. It's a Sabbath. That's why Paul said that he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He was talking about he was seeking the knowledge of the the day of the Lord. He was seeking that knowledge on this. That's what he's talking about. And that is a Sabbath day. The seven-year reign of Christ is a Sabbath because he's going to do the work through the words. He tells you in Joel 2.11 that the word is going to be mighty before you. If we do the way of the word, just like the disciples, he, and he says, in this time, take a sword. And they said, oh, well, we have two swords. And he says, that's enough. And they took the swords out, but they used those swords, like Peter raised it up and cut the ear off, and, and Jesus chastised him. That's not the way to use a sword in this day. A sword is a, the sword of the Spirit, you're supposed to do the way of the words for good. Do take up your cup and and take it on. Do the way of the words for good, and you'll overcome the world. Cause the Lord is, says the earth is going to open its mouth and swallow those who won't come, who go against the Lord. In other words, the flood of the words of Satan is going to be swallowed up at this time. But you have to do this in righteousness. Are you doing it in vengeance? Are you doing it in anger? Why, why are we? Why are we different from the world? This is a time to, to bring forth the testimony of the glory of the Lord, the light of the Lord, the righteousness of the Lord. That overcomes the world. Help us to understand that, Lord. And I pray that the people will understand that we don't have the faith and we're not prepared for what's about to come. Darkness is coming. And if they go back and look up in Egypt, those people couldn't move. They couldn't work. Lord, you told us in John 9, 4, 5, people will not work no one will work of the world it's gonna be shocking to them they don't understand it's coming but he says it's a day of thick darkness the thick darkness is the outer darkness in the outer darkness they don't have arms and legs they will not move they'll rise if anything on the ground but dear Lord the pain and suffering is coming to these people and they don't understand it's coming but Lord first there's the summer harvest But the summer harvest should have been planted in the spring. And are the people planting the words? Some are. Few are. A small number are. Lord, I pray that they will understand, dear Lord. And those who are prophesying and praying and so forth, Lord, we pray that they'll begin to get wisdom. Many people read and read and read the scriptures, dear Lord. And it doesn't matter how many times you read the Bible, if you don't get the the words of righteousness and the way of righteousness, you haven't read the Bible. You're reading it for your own purposes and maybe your own glory. Because you, you're, you're not listening to what it's being said. I'm sorry, but that's true. It tells us in Luke 21, 34 to 36 that all of us are caught in a snare at this time. But do we believe that? No, we think we're righteous. We think we're filled with the spirit. And the Lord's telling us, do we really have faith? Are we really hearing the words of God at this time? Are we? Something to think about. Lord, I praise you. I pray, Lord, that you use this simple message, Your Lord, to make us think. Father, do we have faith? Are we hearing your words? Do we understand, dear Lord, what your words are and what they do and how they're so important to enable the good things to come forth to overcome the world? Or, Dear Lord, are we focused on the the enemies and everything else of the world right now and not focused on getting ready with your kingdom? Lord, having faith that you're going to bring us out and take us through all the troubles. Egyptian army may follow us. All the other things may go. But, Lord, if our focus is on your kingdom, you'll bring us through this. And, Lord, I pray that we will answer you, Lord, and hear you because you're calling us to righteousness. The son of righteousness is coming, Malachi 4.2. And he's already risen as righteousness. But we're still walking in darkness, wanting the ways of darkness. Lord, this is a time where it's against the law to pick up sticks on your Sabbath. Lord, sticks to build a fire. When we're making, you know, like words, of, like fire, you're coming like fire. But you're coming in fire of righteousness. Sticks to make fire in, like weapons. Being in the armies and the navies and the rest of it. That's all wrong. This is not the time for that. This is not the time for death where you'll walk away from us and let the punishments come. Because our punishments are already spoken into the heavens and we're going to be judged by the words. It's an appointed time. It has no choice. It's going to do the work. You've given it to do. Lord, I pray that people understand and come to righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen.